Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson and I'm the editor of the BJGP. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Sarah Price, who is a research fellow at the University of Exeter Medical School. And the paper that we discuss is Intra-Abdominal Cancer Risk with Abdominal Pain, a Prospective Cohort Primary Care Study. First of all, I asked Sarah to tell us a little bit more about why they did this study and give us some background. We know that abdominal pain can be a very non-specific symptom in some patients. And um, patients with it might have anything from a really self-limiting condition to a serious disease, um, which might include cancer. And uh, we also know that approximately two to three in every 100 people in the UK consult primary care with abdominal pain every year. And often the cause is never found. But we do know that um, 8% of patients in the National Audit of Cancer Diagnosis in primary care reported that they did have abdominal pain before they were diagnosed. Um, but because it's such a non-specific symptom associated with lots of different cancer sites, there isn't a single pathway for cancer testing in patients with abdominal pain. So what we aimed to do was um, carry out some research that provided information to help inform that choice of uh, cancer testing strategies in patients with abdominal pain. And this was particularly with a view to the rapid cancer diagnostic centres that are, are being set up at the moment. Um, so we, we had sort of three main things, really. We wanted to estimate the risk of a range of individual cancers in adults um, who were presenting to their GP with abdominal pain. And to set it in context, we wanted to compare it with their expected risk based on their age and sex. And then we thought would be really helpful to do would be to look at the collective risk of a number of cancers in patients with abdominal pain, plus another feature that was common to all of the cancers in that group. So, for example, we wanted to know the risk of, um, uh, of colorectal or pancreatic cancer in patients with abdominal pain plus diarrhea or, or plus constipation. Because thirdly, we knew that knowing the hierarchy of the risk within that group might help inform those diagnostic strategies where the GP thought that cancer investigation was warranted based on the patient's overall cancer risk, but there wasn't a red flag there to point um, as to exactly what type of test should be carried out. So, so that's our background, really, to the study. Yeah, and that was, you mentioned there the 8% number from the um, um, uh, National Audit of Cancer Diagnoses in Primary Care. And that's the, when I reread the paper and I remember looking at it the first time, that was the number that jumped out there. It's quite, you know, abdominal pain's a regular feature, but also in the introduction to the paper, um, you list all of the, some of the many cancers which um, uh, where abdominal pain could be a feature as well. So it's really... It's really common and unpicking that is going to be really valuable, I think, for clinicians. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about um, how, you, how you went about doing it. We studied anonymized electronic medical records using the clinical practice research data link. Um, so this is this large copy of um, consultations between patients and their GP in primary care. Um, we studied 125,793 men and women with a, a record of abdominal pain 
um, between um, the study dates. And the, the patients had to, we, we stratified the analyses by age and sex. And we had three age groups, 40 to 59, 60 to 69, and 70 uh, or, or more. And then what we did was we identified that first um, abdominal pain record where there hadn't been an abdominal pain record in the year before. So we, we call it newly recorded, as it were. And then we followed these patients up for a year to see if they were diagnosed with any one of um, the following cancers that we think there's strong evidence that they are associated with abdominal pain. So that's esophagogastric, uh, colorectal, pancreas, ovary, uterus, uh, kidney or bladder, and also liver in there because um, the NICE guidelines recommend some sort of testing um, for, for liver cancer in people with abdominal pain. Um, so we've, that was our outcome, a diagnosis, an incident diagnosis with any of those cancers. But we were also interesting, interested to know if people had other additional features of those cancers. So we looked in their medical records around the time of their abdominal pain record for evidence that they had these additional features um, and they were things like change in bowel habit, diarrhea or constipation, nausea and or vomiting, weight loss, uh, there was blood in urine there, and some abnormal test results. So we looked for raised platelet counts and uh, low hemoglobin. So we had our patients, we knew that they had newly recorded abdominal pain, we followed them up for a year. We also looked to see what other features of possible cancer they had around that time of their um, index um, abdominal pain. And then what we found was that the overall risk of any of these cancers in the patients uh, was higher for men uh, than it was for women, and it increased with age, which is what you'd expect based on the, the incidence. But the overall cancer risk in these patients was greater than that expected based on their age and sex. Um, so, for example, when we got up to men aged 70 or more, uh, between three and four of 100 men had um, a cancer in that group. Um, and if you remember that the NICE threshold for cancer testing is 3%, they, so there is some suggestion there that um, they warrant investigation of some sort. Um, and we found that the colorectal cancer was the most likely um, for all ages and both sexes across the board, um, and followed by pancreatic and then esophagogastric cancers and also ovarian cancer for women. So that's the overall cancer risk in abdominal pain alone. Then when we looked at the additional features, we found some quite interesting things there, I think. Shall I talk about that a yeah, bit? Yeah, no, I was going to ask if you could elaborate a bit more on the additional features and some very handy numbers. So the CPRD is well known to us and is a fantastic primary care database for this. And obviously we know that patients are going to present with abdominal pain by and large to primary care as well. So it's really useful. You say so the numbers between sort of three and four percent in terms of overall risk, just just tipping over that three percent positive that PPV, that you know, that, that all-important threshold that we're very aware of with NICE guidance. Yeah, for men when they were 70 or more with abdominal pain alone. But um, for people over 60, 
um, where they had additional features, that that three percent threshold was was triggered quite a lot with those additional features. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's lots there's lots in the paper in terms of you know figures and statistics, but shall I pick out just a few then? I was going to ask exactly that. If you could just maybe give us a couple of highlights of a few highlights of some of those where the ones which particularly stuck out. Yeah. So um, so additional weight loss, for example. That's common to colorectal, ovarian, pancreatic, and esophagogastric cancers. In both sexes, the, the threshold was um, went over 3%. Um, and in people who were 60 to 69-year-old, years old, pancreas was the possibly the most likely site. The confidence intervals are quite wide here, so it's... Um, it's difficult to be absolutely certain about that. So that's in table three in the paper. Yeah, table three covers a lot of the detail of the the one year incident when when there's an a, when there's an additional feature of possible cancer. Yeah. So, for example, for sixty to sixty nine year olds, I think the 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 weight loss um, with abdominal pain in men, the absolute risk goes up to nine percent, and the standout one there is pancreatic cancer followed by a colorectal and esophagogastric each uh, with 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 two percent so i thought that was pretty interesting and again an additional nausea or vomiting increased the risk of pancreatic or esophagogastric cancer to more than three percent in men aged over 60 um, and again that pancreas was more likely so additional constipation or diarrhea increased colorectal or pancreatic cancer risk over three percent in men um, but then there was a difference in the most likely site. So it was colorectal for men aged more than 70, but it was and for diarrhea in men aged 60 to 17 uh, to, to 69. But it was pancreatic cancer for, for constipation um, at age 60 to 69. So there is some differential there with the age groups and, and the sexes. Um, the additional change in bowel habit I thought was interesting, um, looking at women only here for colorectal or ovarian cancer risk. So that rose over 3% at uh, women aged 60 to 69 and over 70. And colorectal cancer was more likely than ovarian. Yeah, let's go on to that. Tell us a little bit about what we're interested in, what the main clinical implications are here, do you think? Yeah, big caveat, I'm not a medic. Um, but so it would be interesting to hear your take on this. But um, so cancer remains less likely than other possible causes of abdominal pain. We do explore that in, in another paper that's coming out soon. Um, and we're certainly not advocating that men aged 70 or more with abdominal pain should be sent off for cancer testing without other indications of, of possible cancer. But we, we wonder if there's a case to consider using non-invasive fit testing in such men. So in patients aged 60 to 69 with abdominal pain plus weight loss or with nausea or vomiting or constipation, there's also a case, I think, for considering the possibility that the patient has got undiagnosed pancreatic cancer and, and seeking additional clinical information to explore that option. So I, I, I wonder if there are non-invasive tests that could provide more clinical information to target investigations in that age group particularly. Yeah, it's an interesting, um, what, as you say there, majority of people are not going to have cancer, but and will clearly have to be guided by the clinical features. And there are other diagnoses that could be made more obviously, according to other features. But um, it does rather flag that abdominal pain in association with other features, perhaps 
needs to be, you know, there are clearly going to be some pathways we need to consider when it comes to um, coming to a diagnosis. And we're all aiming to get to those cancer diagnoses a little bit quicker if we can possibly managing it, manage it. And it's an important point about the other diagnoses we should mention because you've got another, we have got another paper from your team um, that's just in the pipeline at the moment, which looks at all the non-cancer diagnosis and gives a diagnosis and gives a um, a sense of that as well. And we've published a lot in the past, several papers around gut feeling as well. And this is not a gut feeling, perhaps necessarily scenario in quite the same way, but it perhaps there are elements here where they cross over in that. Uh, you know, a GP who sees somebody with abdominal pain and they don't feel quite happy with them, they're not quite sure what's going on. Um, there may be some scope for further investigations in primary care, but equally sometimes referral as a nice do 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 suggest that's okay. Um, um, they support us to make those referrals that we may need to do that. Tell me, where do you think we need to go with next on this, Sarah? Where's, where, where are the future areas that need to be looked at? Yeah, I think it's interesting to repeat this type of study with other non-specific symptoms of cancer because uh, I think this overall topic of increased cancer risk but with little information to know how and when to test is is really interesting and important. So like further research into what other sources of clinical information might be able to us to target testing between, say, colorectal or pancreatic cancer or between colorectal and ovarian cancer in women with abdominal pain and change in bowel habit. I think that's, and that's a really interesting area where cancers are possibly share some symptoms, but they're in completely different body systems. I think that's that's interesting. I know that uh, Urios Laritzopoulos' group at UCL are already doing some studies looking at non-specific symptoms of cancer, and they're really interesting. And I know that other researchers are investigating the predictive value of um, cancer biomarkers and genetic information in patients. So, um, but I'm, I'm not personally involved in that, so I couldn't speak to that particularly. And I know that there's a lot of emphasis on that type of information in coming out from government in, in trying to meet their targets um, on cancer diagnostics. Yeah, absolutely an area that's going to need quite a lot of further exploration. Um, Sarah, it's a really interesting study, really useful, really valuable, and it's certainly going to add uh, to this body of knowledge um, and hopefully help clinicians get there a little bit quicker with patients. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again.